Turn your Bibles to Romans chapter 1. In, uh, uh, in praying about what to uh, minister the tonight in healing school, um, I really was impressed by the Holy Spirit that, uh, that a lot of times we try to make things too complicated. I think some people stumble over the simplicity of the truth of God's Word. Because it's, um, even, even when it comes to the subject of faith, you know, we can get to talking about the principles of faith and it becomes a ritual rather than something that's really from somebody's heart. And faith won't work unless it's from your heart. If, uh, if faith is, uh, is something that's, uh, that's a, a set of rules and uh, got to do this, can't do this, got to watch out for that kind of thing in your mind, then, uh, then that's not real heart faith and, and it makes it impossible to receive. So I'm going to stay real simple tonight, if that's okay with you. Um, even if it's not, I'm going to stay simple tonight. But um, I want to start in Romans chapter 1, verse 16. Paul said, by the Holy Ghost... He said, For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God unto salvation to everyone that believes, to the Jew first and also to the Greek. Verse 17, For therein is the righteousness of God revealed from faith to faith. As it is written, the just shall live by faith. Now, this word uh, salvation is the, the Greek word sozo, S-O-Z-O. And there's a, there's a, uh, a variety of... of um, um, What's the word I'm looking for? There's different ways that the word sozo is used, different tenses and, and things like that. But it all comes down to the same thing. Every time you see the word saved in the New Testament, it's always going to be the word sozo or some uh, form of the word sozo. And it's an all-inclusive term. Uh, Dr. Schofield, who was the, the most renowned Baptist theologian of uh, the 20th century, I guess. He died in the 20th century made this statement in his Bible. He in uh, in his footnotes on Romans one sixteen, he makes this statement. He says sozo or, or salvation, this word sozo that's translated saved or salvation, he said it's an all inclusive term. It carries with it the idea, the concepts of deliverance, rescue, safety, soundness, meaning mental stability, and healing. He mentions four things, or five things. He said this word sozo means deliverance, rescue, safety, soundness, and healing. So we could plug any of those in there. Paul could be saying, I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God unto deliverance to everyone that believes. He could be saying, I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God unto rescue to everyone that believes. I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God unto safety. For everyone that believes. I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God unto soundness to everyone that believes. And he certainly could be in saying the fifth of these all-inclusive terms, I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God unto healing unto all that believe. Now, stop and think about what that says. So many times, it seems to me, in, in, in ministering healing, and especially since we've been on TV with uh, and put some healing school services on TV and stuff, we get a lot of calls, we get a lot of contacts and from people outside the church, and it's a very, very common thing for people to be looking for something that will activate the power of God for them. And some folks are in real desperate situations, and I, I, I recognize that, and I appreciate the situation, and I, I, uh, my heart goes out to them. But they're looking for something other than what the Bible says is there. See, if you and I are looking for something else that is the power of God other than what the Bible says is the power of God, 
then how can you ever expect to receive? Now, what does he say is the power of God? He says that the gospel of Jesus Christ is the power of God. He didn't say the gospel activates the power of God. He said the gospel is the power of God. Now, what does that mean? Well, what's the gospel? The gospel just means good news. So he's saying the good news of Jesus is the power of God. Now, the Bible, you may recall that the Bible calls Jesus the word of God, the word made flesh. John, John chapter 1, verse 14. It says, and the word of God was made flesh and dwelt among us. So we could say that the good news of the word of God is the power of God unto salvation, rescue, deliverance, safety, soundness, and healing. What's he saying? He's saying God's power is his word. Jesus is the word made flesh. You can't delineate between Jesus and the word. You can't separate them. I had one person one time that was uh, criticizing us in an open forum. He said, well, those word of faith people called my name on radio. He said, uh, Mike Webb and those Word of Faith people, they act like the Bible is God. Then <laughs> I heard that and I thought, what does he think the Bible is? Jesus is the Word made flesh. You can't separate God from his Word. God's not God except for his Word. The Word is nothing except for God. They're one and the same. So Paul is saying, and remember he's inspired by the Holy Ghost to say it. He says that the good news or the proclamation of the word of God is the power of God to heal. Do you know what we think? And, and this is just my experience. This is, this is uh, uh, my opinion based on the experience that I've had in ministry and the, the number of years I've been pastoring, especially in, in the healing ministry, ministering healing to the sick over the number of years that we have. It's my opinion that, at least to the degree of my experience, that so many times people are looking for their skill in the Word of God to make the difference. So many times people are looking in their ability concerning faith or their strength regarding the Word to make the difference. But folks, the answer is the Word. The answer is not in you. The Word of God is the power of God to heal. It's not how skillful you are in the Word that makes the Word powerful. It's powerful whether you're skillful or not. The Word of God is full of life and power. Paul said it this way right into the Romans. He said the Word of God is quick and powerful. Another translation says it's full of life and power. It's full of life and power whether anybody does anything with it or not. The word of God is the power of God. The Bible says that the whole universe, Paul writing to the, the Hebrews said again, he said that the whole world is upheld by the power of God's word. The universe is held together by the power of God's word. I was talking to somebody this morning after uh, after the service and, and we were talking about some end time things and, and uh, specifically we ended with the new heaven and the new earth and uh, talking about the, the old heaven and earth melting away and fervent heat and some of that kind of stuff. And he came up and he said uh, he works in the nuclear field. And he said, you know, physicists already have this figured out. They know that the earth and the, the universe and, or the atmosphere and everything surrounding the earth could burn up instantaneously because there's something that holds an atom together and they don't know why it holds together. Everything about it should throw it out and make it separate. 
Well, we know that nuclear power, nuclear bombs and stuff like that creates this situation where it separates on purpose. It separates and releases all kinds of power. Well, if that happened in the atmosphere, if that happened so that all bunches of atoms, not just one atom split, but whole bunches and bunches and bunches of atoms split, the whole the whole atmosphere would melt. So he was saying, do you think that's what that means about that? And I said, well, I don't know. You're way over my head about that, but it makes sense, doesn't it? But in, in relation to that, if the whole universe is held together by the power of his word, not the word of his power, the power of his word. The power is in the word. Wait a minute, I got that backwards. It's not the power of his word, it's the word of his power. The universe is held together by the word of his power. In other words, it's the word of God that holds everything together. And if it wasn't for the power of God that is in his word, everything would just fly apart. And may, that may be the very thing that happens at the end. That may be how things, the new heaven and new earth come about. I don't know. But I do know this. I know that the, the word of God is the power of God to heal. Now, consider what that means. Let's think about some situations. Over in Matthew chapter 8. You remember the story of the centurion? Centurion comes to Jesus and he says, my servant lies at home sick of the palsy. And Jesus says, I'll come to your house and heal him. And Jesus and, and the centurion says, I'm not worthy that you should come to my house. But speak the word only and my servant will be healed. What's he looking for? He's just looking for Jesus to speak a word. Why? Because healing power is the word. Now, we, we, we try to excuse some of these things away. We say, yeah, but that was Jesus. Folks, the power wasn't in the fact that Jesus spoke the word. The power is in the word itself. Jesus said, I don't say anything of myself. I speak what the Father gives me to say. I do what the Father tells me to do. The words that I speak into you, they are not of myself. They are of the Father. So the power is not in Jesus speaking it. The power is in the word that's spoken. Now, folks, if you could just get a hold of that, that'd change everything about your life. Because, again, we think it's Jesus. We think, oh, it was Jesus speaking the word. Jesus is the one with the power. Jesus said, I'm not doing this on my own power. I'm only doing what I hear my father. I'm saying what my father tells me to say, and I'm doing what my father tells me to do. So the centurion says, speak the word only. And my servant will be healed. Now he goes and explains how he understands authority. That's great, but it still comes down to the word. Jesus marvels at this guy's great faith. He says, wow, I haven't seen this kind of faith in all of Israel. He said, go your way and be it done unto you as you will. And his servant was healed in the selfsame hour. Why? Because the word has power. Now, put yourself in that centurion's position. Is he going to Jesus saying, boy, I sure hope I believe this enough? Yet that's what people do when it comes to faith. I hope my faith is strong enough. And I've been listening to faith sermons all week long. I hope my faith is strong enough. Folks, the power is not in your faith. The power is in the word. The word of God is the power of God to heal. You remember Matthew chapter seven, uh, Matthew chapter 15 tells about the Syrophoenician woman. She comes to Jesus. She's not even a daughter of Abraham. She's a half breed Jew. And therefore, outside of those to whom Jesus was sent at that point in time. And she comes and she says, my daughter lies at home, grievously vexed. Jesus, heal her. Jesus doesn't say a word. The disciples start to complain, saying, Master, send her away. She's bothering us. 
Jesus answers and says, I'm only sent to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. She comes and falls down before him and worships and says, Lord, help me. I know who you're sent to, Lord, but help me. Jesus answers finally and says, it's not right. It's not meat or right to take the children's bread and cast it to dogs. And she still won't give up. She says, truth, Lord, but even the dogs eat the crumbs that fall from the master's table. You can't get rid of this woman. Why? Because she's looking for Jesus to speak the word. That's all she needs. If Jesus would just say the words, he's not asking him to come to her house. She's not, she didn't bring her daughter to have hands laid on her or anything like that. All she needs is Jesus to say the word. Finally, Jesus said, daughter, great is your faith. Be done to you as according as you will. And her daughter was healed. What does she need? All she needs is the word. The word spoken has the power to accomplish the healing that she's looking for. Folks, the power is in the word. It's not in your ability to speak the word. The power is in the word. We have the privilege of speaking the word. And the devil's going to fight you to try to keep you from speaking the word, but that's not because of you. It's because the power's in the word. That's the reason the fight is always against the word. That's the reason the fight is always against your faith. That's the reason why the good fight is the fight of faith. Because we have to determine we're going to say that which is, which carries the power of God. We're going to speak the word no matter what. That is the power, that is the fight of faith. You remember the story, the principle of faith that we always talk about in Mark chapter 11. Jesus curses the fig tree. He speaks to a tree. He says, no man eat fruit of thee hereafter forever, and it dies overnight. Next day, the disciples bring it to his attention, and Jesus says, yes, because I'm the Son of God, this great miracle has happened. That's not what he says. Jesus, turn with me over to Mark chapter 11. I know you, you should know this. I hope you know this. But I want you to see it again for yourself. Oh, Pastor Mike, I've looked at Mark chapter 11 so many times, I don't want to look at it again. When you quit thinking that, you might start getting it. I know that one from experience. I got so tired of Brother Hagin talking about the woman with the issue of blood in Mark chapter 11. And finally one day it dawned on me what he was saying, and I thought, dear God, no wonder he keeps talking about this. Finally, I see it. Mark chapter 11 Verse 21, Jesus, Peter calling to remembrance said unto him, Master, behold, the fig tree which you cursed is withered away. And Jesus answering said unto them, Have faith in God. In other words, anybody can do this. Do what? Speak to their circumstances. How does it work, Jesus? Verse 23, For verily I say unto you that whosoever, that means anybody, whosoever shall say unto you, or unto this mountain, rather, be thou removed and be thou cast into the sea, and shall not doubt in his heart. That means keep saying what he's, what the word says. Not doubting in your heart means don't stop saying what you originally confessed. And shall not doubt in his heart, but shall believe in his heart that those things which he saith shall come to pass, he shall have whatsoever he saith. What's he saying? He's saying faith is a very simple principle. Faith's it very simply means this. You believe that your words come to pass because of the power of God's word. Now, we make it complicated a lot of times. But that's how simple it is. Because God's word carries power. When you speak the word, it comes to pass. That's the principle of faith. 
Yeah, but Pastor Mike, I said it last week and I haven't seen any difference. Well, now you have an opportunity to choose whether or not you're going to doubt in your heart or you're going to keep believing in your heart. Believing in your heart would be continue to say it. No matter what I see, no matter what changes have or have not occurred, God's word is true. Therefore, I continue to say that I'm healed by the stripes of Jesus, or whatever it is you're saying. Doubting in the heart would be to say, well, doesn't look like it's working because I don't see a change yet. I spoke it last week and I don't see a change, so I guess maybe that doesn't work after all. Well, that just simply means you don't believe that your words will come to pass. And that's the requirement here. Believe in your heart that those things which you say shall come to pass, you shall have whatsoever you say. Now, folks, that's the word of God. If that part of the word of God is a lie, then every part of the word of God is a lie, too. If this part is not true, then you can't trust the parts that said Jesus died for your sins. Because who's to say what part's right and what part's wrong? It's either all true or it's all a lie. There's no middle ground. You can't say that some of what Jesus said was really God speaking, but some of the rest of it, eh, not so much. That's not the way it works. It's either all the Word of God or none of the Word of God. And if it's all the Word of God, it means it's impossible for it to fail if you meet the conditions. And these are the conditions. Jesus said, if you say unto the mountain... Be the removed and be cast into the sea, and don't let doubt change your confession. But you believe that what you say will come to pass, you shall have whatsoever you say. That's the principle of faith. Now, can I ask you a question? What did Jesus feel like when he spoke to the tree? Did it work because Jesus really felt powerful when he spoke to that tree? Was he really mad at the tree and that's why it worked? There's a story in uh, Matthew chapter 17 where it says that a man uh, brought his uh, son to Jesus. He was possessed. His son was possessed with the devil and he brought his son to Jesus. Jesus wasn't there. He's just coming back from the mountain of transfiguration with uh, Peter, James and John. And so he gets there and the other disciples uh, have a big crowd of people around them. So Jesus comes up in the middle of the crowd and says, what are you questioning with these people, with my disciples? And the, the father steps up and he says, Master, I brought my son who's possessed with the devil. And I, I, I brought him to your disciples to cast the devil out, but they couldn't do it. And so Jesus, if you put uh, Mark, uh, Matthew 17 together with Mark 9 and Luke 9, you'll find out that Jesus identifies that the man really hasn't doesn't believe. He says to to the father, O faithless generation, how long must I suffer you? Bring him to me. He's saying the problem is lack of faith on the part of the father. Now, I can understand where the father's coming from. If this was my child, I would want to do everything I could, and I would be in, in desperate straits to get help for him, wouldn't you? But apparently, something has happened. I mean, bringing him to Jesus was a good start. We don't know if he brought him to Jesus expecting that something is really going to happen or if he's just trying things out. We don't know. It could be either one. But at least by the time Jesus gets there, the guy doesn't believe anything's going to happen anymore. That could be that he started off in faith, but when the disciples were unsuccessful, then that caused him to doubt. It's a possibility at least, isn't it? But at any rate, whatever the case is, by the time Jesus gets there, the father doesn't believe. So Jesus has to deal with his unbelief. He says, Jesus, if you can do anything, help me. Have mercy on me and help me. And Jesus says, it's not a matter of what I can do. If you can believe, all things are possible to him that believes. The Father speaks up and says, Jesus, Master, I believe. Help thou my unbelief. The fact that he said, I believe. I, I, I would have preferred if he would left off the other part. 
Jesus may have too. But that was at least enough for Jesus to work with. And Jesus cast the devil out of this little boy. Delivered him back to his father. Now here's the part of the story that I want to get to. We could talk about any and uh, all of the rest of it. But let's deal with the part that is pertinent to our subject tonight. The disciples came to him privately after the situation that was finished. And they said, Master, why couldn't we cast him out? Now think about what that means. That means they didn't see a difference between what they did this time that was unsuccessful and what they've done in the past that was successful. Otherwise, they wouldn't have asked Jesus why. They would have said, you know, Jesus, when we tried to cast the devil out of this little boy, we knew something was different. That's not what they said. They said, we don't know what was wrong. Why couldn't we do it? That tells me several things. Number one, it tells me they've done it before. Because if they've never been successful, they wouldn't be asking, why couldn't we do it this time? They'd be saying, you know, Jesus, this casting out devil stuff doesn't work. That's not what they said. They said, why can't we do it? That tells me they've had success in the past. So think about the success they've had in the past. The Bible says Jesus gave them authority to cast out devils and to heal all diseases. They've done it before. They can't tell the difference between what worked before and this time when it didn't work. They can see the difference in the results, but they can't tell the difference between the two times from their point of view, from their perspective. That means they didn't feel strong the times that it worked and weak the times that it didn't work. They couldn't tell. What does that mean? That means they're simply speaking the word. They're not speaking the word with feelings to make it work. They're not speaking absent of feelings when it doesn't work. They don't have some special uh, uh, excitement about them. They don't have some special something to them on the times that it was successful. They're just speaking the word. Are you out there? Now, why in the world would Jesus deliver authority to cast out devils to guys that didn't know any better than that? You want to know the answer? Because the power wasn't in the disciples. The power was in the word. It's simply the spoken word, folks. We have the privilege to be like little children and do what the Bible says we can do. It's not a matter of us being strong. It's not a matter of us feeling some kind of power when we speak the word. It's just the spoken word. That's why Paul said, I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. For it, the word... The spoken word is the power of God into salvation. It's the power of God to heal. It's the power of God to deliver. It's the power of God to rescue. It's the power of God for anything and everything that you need. The spoken word is it. The word is the power of God. Turn with me to uh, the Old Testament book of Proverbs. Proverbs chapter 4. This may be too simple for some of you. Some of you may come expecting some deep revelation. Of course, if that's the case, I don't know why you came to me. I don't think I'm ever deep. But tonight I'm especially simple. Proverbs chapter 4, verse 20. My son, attend unto my words. Incline thine ear unto my sayings. Let them not depart from thine eyes. Keep them, my words, in the midst of thine heart. That's the same thing as Jesus saying, not doubting in your heart, but believing that what you say will come to pass. That's what it means to keep them in your heart. For, verse 22, for they are life unto those that find them and health to all their flesh. The word health is also the word medicine. 
The margin of my Bible, it's got a little number one there, and in the margin it says, uh, G-R, meaning Greek, medicine. For they, my words, are life unto those that find them and health to all their flesh. Health or medicine to all their flesh. Health or medicine means healing, doesn't it? Now, can I ask you a question? Is the author of the book of Proverbs convinced that he's just real smart? Or does he know he's speaking words inspired by the Holy Ghost? Folks, I got to tell you, I can give you some good advice about a lot of things just from life experience. But if I'm not speaking the word of God, I can't guarantee you my advice is going to work. But if I'm telling you what the Bible says, then I can tell you absolutely it'll work every time. I wonder if that's what the author is doing here. If not, why in the world is he telling us that it's health and medicine to our flesh? If this is just his idea, why in the world would he have, how could he have the gall to say that it'll work and bring healing and health? Do you see the point I'm trying to make? These are words that he's speaking by the Holy Ghost because he knows they're God's words. So what is he saying? He's saying the word of God is health and medicine to your flesh. So what should we do? Attend to them. Speak them. Keep them in the midst of our heart. In other words, don't say anything to the contrary. Speak the word only. I love how the centurion said it to Jesus. Speak the word only. Speak the word only. I think that should be a good life pattern for us. Speak the word only. Not the word and other stuff too. That's what James calls a double-minded man. Not speak the word and then speak things that contradict the word. But speak the word only. Why? Because the power's in the word. The power's in the word of God. The power is in the word of God. You don't have to try to make the word of God work. It's already full of life and power. All you'd have to do is speak it. Yeah, but Pastor Mike, I've already said it. I've been saying it for a long, long, long time, and I haven't seen any change. What should I do? Speak the word only. Yeah, yeah, I've been doing that, but the doctor says things are getting worse. What should I do? Speak the word only. Yeah, but my family's starting to tell me that they think I'm crazy. What should I do? Speak the word only. Yeah, but I've made so many mistakes. I've messed up. I, I, I've just, you know, I, I'm, I've even doubted along the way. What should I do? Speak the word only. Yeah, well, well, Pastor Mike, would you pray a special prayer for me? No. Speak the word only. What good is my prayer going to do if the word of God is, isn't uh, accurate and doesn't mean what it says? Had somebody come up to me today and said, Pastor Mike, they'd just gotten married. and said, Pastor Mike, would you pray a special blessing over my marriage? I said, no. Why would I do that? You're already blessed. The blessing of God is upon you. The Bible said he that finds a wife finds a good thing. You're already blessed. You're waiting for me to say something over you like that's going to count. But that's what we do. We look to people that we, that we, we put them in a position where we think, well, their, their prayer will work or their, they're laying hands on me. That will work. Well, that's great. The, the, the Bible talks about prayer. The Bible talks about laying hands on the sick. But the power's in the Word. And if the Word it does not carry power, no prayer in the world is going to make a difference. And nobody laying hands on you is going to make a difference. The power is in the Word. Now, in Jesus' day, they needed Jesus to speak the Word. 
because nothing had been accomplished to set it in stone. Nothing had been accomplished so that a finished work was something they could uh, look back to. It's different for us. I get so aggravated when people say, well, if I could have just lived when Jesus was here on the earth. Do you realize it wouldn't have been as good if if you lived when Jesus was here on the earth? Because unless you could have gotten to Jesus specifically or personally and gotten him to say something regarding your situation, you couldn't have received. And Jesus was just one guy. What if you lived on the other side of the world? What if we lived here and Jesus is ministering over in Judea? How's that going to help you? But it's different now. Because remember Romans 1.16 where we started, I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ for it, the gospel, the word of God, the good news of what Jesus has done is the power of God unto salvation. If somebody's coming to this place tonight and they want to get saved, do we pray that Jesus will come back to the cross for just another second or two to pay for their sins? No, we tell them that Jesus has already paid for their sins. We tell them the good news is the work is done, right? Well, that same good news of salvation includes healing. By his stripes, you were healed just as much as he took your, he was wounded for your transgressions and bore your, your sick, or bore your uh, iniquities. The Bible says that's already done. Nobody would ever preach that if we come to the altar and pray long enough, then maybe Jesus will come back to the earth and hang on the cross for a little longer so that will cover your sins and get you saved. That'd be stupid. Why? Because it's a finished work for all of mankind. Well, the same finished work, the same verse of Scripture, Isaiah 53, 5, that says Jesus was wounded for your transgressions and bruised for your iniquities, says that the chastisement of your peace was upon him, and with your stripe, with his stripes, you were healed. So healing is just as much a finished work as forgiveness of sins. So we don't have to look for Jesus to speak the word to us. The word of God declares what's already been done. So when we speak the word only, we're not saying if we can just get Jesus to talk about our situation. No, the word has already been declared that he himself took our infirmities and bore our sicknesses. Therefore, the spoken word for us is I'm healed by the stripes of Jesus. Now, folks, realize what this means. And and I I get it. I know this is going to be way too simple for a a lot of people. But please understand what this means. If God's word is true. And by Jesus' stripes, you were healed. We've got at least two witnesses, and we could get some more as well. Isaiah 53, 5 says, Jesus bore your sicknesses and carried your diseases, and with his stripes you are healed. Matthew 8, 17 says, himself took our infirmities and bare our sicknesses. 1 Peter 2, 24 says, Jesus hung on the cross, and with his stripes we were healed. We got three witnesses. The Bible says in the mouth of two or three witnesses, let every word be established. So we got three scriptures, Old Testament and New Testament. One Old Testament, one gospel, and one New Testament letter to the church. Declaring that healing has already been accomplished. That means that... Let's go for three. That means that if that scripture, those scriptures are true... If God is telling us the truth, it is impossible for you to speak the word of healing and not receive as long as you meet the conditions of faith. Oh, but that's where I mess up, Pastor Mike. Meeting the conditions of faith is so hard. Really? Is it so hard to keep from speaking anything contrary to the word? How hard is that? That's the only condition of faith. To speak the word and not speak anything to the contrary.
How hard is that? I get amazed where people say, oh, that faith stuff's hard. Seriously? It's hard? Really? It's hard to say what the Bible says instead of anything else? You can't control your tongue enough to keep it from saying the wrong thing? Well, that seems to be a given with some folks. But that's all there is to it. That's all there is to it. And it's childlike faith, simple faith, just simply, I believe God's word is true, so I'm going to say what God's word says and not say anything else. That's what speak the word only means. The Bible tells us that heaven and earth will pass away, but God's word can never fail. That means it's impossible for sickness to hang on to you. And that's true in every other area. It's impossible for anything that's not from God to hang on to you if you speak the word. You know what a lot of people do? A lot of people try to judge who they are by their circumstance. They'll say, well, I believe I'm healed when I don't feel sick anymore. They try to identify healing based on the circumstances or whatever the doctor tells them. Folks, healing is something that you were made by the works of Jesus. You are healed whether you ever receive and walk in your healing or not if you're saved. If you make Jesus the Lord of your life, you are saved and you are righteous. Now, you may not ever live apart from sin. But it doesn't change the fact that you are righteous. And it doesn't change the fact that you are healed by the stripes of Jesus. Now, you may walk in sickness for the rest of your life here on the earth, but it doesn't change the fact that you are healed by the stripes of Jesus. And whereas some people are trying to wait to see it in their lives, they're trying to see it manifest in their lives, and then they'll believe that it's true, the exact reverse is how you have power to overcome. If you say it while the circumstance is still on you, whether it's sickness, whether it's addiction, whether it's anything else, if you begin to say, if you're stumbling over sin, you know the way to quit sinning? Confess that you are what the Bible says you are. Now, here's the hard part. It's hard to look in the face of your own failures where sin is concerned and say, I am the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Because you sure don't feel righteous. And the evidence of your life sure doesn't look like you're righteous. But the more you say what God's word says, the more strength comes to overcome sin. The more you say what God's word says about healing, the more strength you have to overcome sickness. Now, that strength is not a feeling. It's not a resistance of sickness. It's the power of the word in action. And it works that way in every area. When you confess what God's word says about who Jesus has made you to be, that's who you become. And most of the church works just exactly the opposite of that. They're waiting to feel righteous before they claim that they're righteous. Well, guess when that's going to happen? Maybe when you get to heaven. I'm not sure how feelings work up there. But it sure is not going to work down here. It's never going to happen down here. But if you will say what the Bible says about you, you'll have the strength to become who the Bible says you are. You say you're healed while sickness is attacking you, and sickness has to flee if God's word is true. Now, if it's not true, we might as well hang it all up. But if it's true, that it's impossible for sickness to hang on. And that's true for anything else, folks. That's how you overcome addictions. That's how you overcome smoking. That's how you overcome anything that has a hold on you physically. You say what God's word says about you. Jesus said in John chapter 8, he said that he whom the Son has set free is free indeed. The word indeed means completely. He whom the Son has set free is free completely. What does that mean? That means if Jesus is your Lord and Savior, you've been set free from sickness. If Jesus is your Lord and Savior, you've been set free from sin. If Jesus is your Lord and Savior, you've been set free from smoking or anything else that gets a hold of you. Yeah, but Pastor Mike, I've smoked all my life. 
Well, are you saved? Jesus said you're free. Well, it doesn't feel like I'm free. I still want cigarettes now as much as I ever did. Yeah. And you know how you overcome that desire for cigarettes? Is you begin to say, I'm set free by the blood of Jesus from cigarettes. You begin to claim your healing. You begin to claim your freedom and you'll walk free. Maybe not overnight. You may stumble and fall along the way, but you'll wind up free. You'll wind up living the life that Jesus said is already yours. But you got to say it first. And folks, that's what faith is. Jesus commanded the fig tree to die when it was still living. It had green leaves on it. It looked full and healthy. That's when Jesus commanded it to die. You got to speak to things while they look like they're alive if you expect them to die. You got to speak to sickness while it looks like it's pilfering your body. Well, it looks like it's it's doing its work. You speak to sickness while it's at work in your body because you expect it to die because God's Word says you're free from sickness. I know that's contrary to the way we think, but the reason that it works is one very simple truth, and that is the Word of God is the power of God to be free. The Word of God is the power of God to be healed. The Word of God is the power of God for whatever you need. It's not you. It's the Word. Oh, but Pastor Mike, I just feel like I'm under such pressure. Well, guess what? God didn't design you for pressure. God designed his word for pressure. You put the pressure on the word. When the devil comes to tell you it's not working, you say, talk to God about it. I'm just saying what the word says. Yeah, but can you see any difference? Doesn't matter what I can see. The Bible says I'll have what I say. It didn't say I'll have what I see. It says I'll have what I say. Paul said, I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. For it, the word of God, is the power of God unto salvation. How long are we going to have to do this, Pastor Mike? Well, let me before I answer that, let me ask you this. What's your alternative? I mean, if you didn't have to speak God's word about your healing or whatever your situation is, what are you going to do instead? See, as far as I'm concerned, I'm going to walk by faith for the rest of my life here on the earth. So it doesn't matter whether I'm walking in faith for healing or walking in faith for prosperity or walking in faith for anything else. I'm going to walk in faith. So what do I care how long it takes? I'm going to walk in faith about something. And if I'm walking in faith about my healing and then all of a sudden my body is uh, shows the healing that I've been speaking, I'm going to start believing God for something else anyway. So what do I care how long it takes? You take that attitude and the devil doesn't have a foothold. Because he's always talking to you about time. How long? Well, you've been doing this for a long time already. Don't you think if it was going to work, it would have worked by now? Time is not the problem. Jesus said you'll have what you say. Because the power is in the word. Let's pray. Father, thank you so much for your word. Thank you that it is true. Forgive us, Father, for trying to make it difficult. Forgive us for making it about something else. Because it's the simple truth, the simple power that's resident in the Word of God. Father, let us be like Paul, that we're not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, the Word of God, the proclamation, the spoken Word of God. For it is the power of God into every aspect of salvation that we need. It's the power of God to deliver us. It's the power of God to heal us. Let's make a confession. Say this after me. 
according to God's word. I am saved by the blood of Jesus. I'm healed by his stripes. And I'm set free in every area. I am the righteousness of God. In Christ Jesus. No matter how I've messed up. No matter what has attacked me. I was made righteous. By the blood of Jesus. I'm a new creature in Christ Jesus. Sickness cannot attach itself to my body. It cannot stay. In the name of Jesus. Because Jesus himself took my infirmities and bore my sicknesses. And with his stripes, I am healed. I refuse to say anything to the contrary. Because it is true, I am healed in Jesus' name. Now, folks, we just, we just spoke the truth. Jesus said the word of God was truth. We just spoke the word of God. We just confessed the word of God about ourselves. Is it true or is it not? If it's true, then that means the devil is not strong enough to take it from you. Not because you. See, the devil will talk about you. He'll want to talk about you to you. Oh, you're not strong enough to handle this. You don't have to be strong enough to handle this. God's word is the power of God to heal. Don't try to be strong about this. Just keep saying the word. Don't play his games. Speak the word only. Amen? Amen. Amen. God bless you. Thank you for being with us.